0: What's up, everybody? We're back with another episode of Putting You in Your Place. Uh, This week, we've got some really interesting things to talk about. Trump actually stops evictions. We're gonna talk about that. That's a huge impact uh, for housing all over. We're talking about TikTok. That's huge. There's a lot of people that love TikTok. They only have a few days left before they're banned in the United States. I'll be devastated, personally, because we're actually ready to start producing content for TikTok. If you're not following me over there, Jump on over there, find me, and, uh, and follow me there. Um, also, we're talking about low interest rates. We're talking about a 2.5% 30-year interest rate. And we're going to talk about my weight loss journey, my health and fitness journey um, you know, that we're on currently. We've lost 25 pounds in three months. We're going we're gonna to shed some light on how I did that. Uh, for everybody that watched last week, the 38 people that watched last week, we appreciate that. Please uh, engage with us. If you have any real estate questions, if, if, we, co- if we touch a topic that uh, you aren't, um, you, know, you have some questions about that we can go deeper on, please engage with us so we can handle that for you. Uh, we'd love to be a, a resource for you. So here we go with this episode, and, and thanks for tuning in. We really appreciate it. what's up everybody uh, another episode appreciate you tuning in today uh, we got a lot to talk we got a lot to talk about and um, uh, Weston how you doing man I'm
1: doing pretty good yeah yeah did you enjoy your Labor Day weekend I
0: did it was nothing but work but uh, you know right. I don't do anything but work so
1: yeah that's, uh, that's, all
0: I'm, <laughs> that's all I'm up to I'm, all, I'm always thinking about the next deal or you know whatever's going on with my clients and things like that so uh, we just uh, we live that if I'm awake I'm working lifestyle like it's not a joke like that is uh, that is definitely something that I'm that I'm living every single day for sure cool all right so what do you want to get to first
1: let's talk about this outstaffing position on the payroll tax deferral okay so so
0: outstaffing it. just so you guys know if you're running a business and you don't want to handle your payroll like in house there's companies out there that you can hire to manage your payroll and your employees for you uh, we've hired a company called outstaffing they actually started about 25 years ago and they are a company that you know now they, they were solely focused on real estate but now they're kind of diversified in like who they serve so if you're a small business and, and you don't want to handle your your payroll and your employees Contact these guys. They've they've been a valuable source for me. I think that they would really help you guys out, um, and their fees are very reasonable on on what you'd have to pay them to manage your payroll. So, um, um, as far as like, um, you know, Trump putting into legislation uh, a deferment of payroll taxes, we've act, you know without staffing, they decided to not not do that they they see that as a detriment to the employee long term right I think that's they decided to to not give that uh, deferment because it's going to put more of a burden on the employees you know at the beginning of the year right yeah is that is that what you're highlighting there yeah
1: this just talks about how employers are obligated to pay social security tax at a rate of twelve point four percent which includes an employee and employee split of six point two percent right so it ends up being and then like when it comes to the next uh, next year you have to pay that split back right so that you deferred
0: so I would rather not do that if I was an employee of the company it would seem like a detri- detriment to me long term to do that I yeah. mean do you feel do you feel that way as the empo- as an employee here like if they did that to you like it wouldn't it doesn't bring you any real benefit does it
1: I mean short term yeah long term no because like in the long term i would have to pay that money back anyways yeah right and it's like if i'm not working or i am working but i'm only making or i don't know i don't know how to explain i would have to save a lot more than what i'm saving right now in order to be able to pay that back later right
0: or it'd be yeah because it'd just be coming right out of your paycheck at a higher rate Mm -hmm. so so the benefit and you know here in the new river valley i mean do we do we in this industry i mean like we haven't we haven't seen any suffering as far as like true revenue loss due to covid you know and like mm-hmm. for me for me as an employee or as an employer, like somebody that's bringing in the revenue, my sales are actually up so like it's hard for us to say that we've been negatively impacted on the business like I'm trying to find a way and yeah. you know, I'm just you know completely honest like if there's something to that we can take advantage of if, if it's actually something that will benefit us and and if we can show that we had been impacted I would be taking advantage of it but there's there's no there's not been any impact in my particular business uh, because of it so yeah so I think it's a wise move um, from outstaffing to not to not do it and I guess having the option of it is nice you know yeah
1: so this we didn't it didn't impact us, but it's definitely impacted a lot of other like small businesses. Yeah, the like restaurant the, business. The restaurant business. Yeah, yeah, the restaurant business
0: for sure. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So cool. All right, so moving on to the next one.
1: So yeah, we're talking about President Trump signing an eviction moratorium with the CDC. Gotcha. So me, well, I'm kind of yeah.
0: confused. I'm kind of confused on this topic. Um, I know as a landlord myself, and somebody that has been a tenant in the past. I would just hope to be associated with good people. You know, good, understanding, empathetic people that, that they know I'm trying to pay the rent or I know that they're trying to pay me their rent. And, and we just work it out. If they're struggling, I'm going to work with them. Uh, you know, I, wanna, I, wanna be, I don't want to be a detriment to somebody's life. I don't want to have to have them choose between feeding their family or paying their rent. So yeah. like, you know, so the outline of this is is pretty confusing. It, like,
1: it seems like the only people that really, truly know what's going on are people who look at this stuff every day and the people that are working in the government right now. Yeah. So from what I understand, based on this email that you forwarded me from um, a realtor, something, the, the Virginia Virginia, Re- Virginia realtors. Yeah. Um, it looks like they were trying to do some sort of like eviction prevention kind of deal before uh like right when like covid started they were trying to do something like that but it doesn't look like it went into effect until about like september 1st is when it says that of order was filed um so it was effective starting on the 4th and it's not going to end until the 31st basically people you just can't evict someone that um earns under 99 thousand dollars for annual income if they're just an individual and then like can't evict someone if they're filing jointly that's under one hundred ninety eight thousand. is from what i have found so far just based on this email
0: seems like seems like that they would have to prove their hardship like if they've been notorious pre-pandemic of not paying their rent and for some reason they just think because they can't get evicted that they stop paying their rent because well you can't evict me so why should i pay like, that is, the, that is the formula for being evicted. Like, if you think that you're going to take advantage of this because you hear news about not being able to be evicted, well, best believe, if you go that route, then you will be evicted. I mean, in my opinion. Like, if you, if you are not trying to communicate with your landlord, if you're not trying to do the right thing, like, for my tenants, if they came to me with a hardship, I'd say, okay. What can you pay? When can you pay it? I'm not going to charge you a late fee. Like Just pay me in increments that you can, that you can pay that still allows you to survive, but still puts, puts some of your obligation to me in play, right? Like You're obligated to pay me. So if you don't pay what the lease says, I'm going to go and enforce that lease at some point. So just do the right thing. Communicate to the landlord in the best way that you can. Um, you know, show them the burden you've, you've come under and just be completely honest and upfront with communication to your landlord. So that's my, that's my absolute best advice in this situation. So whatever this is, just do the right thing. Be a good person on the landlord side. The same thing, be a decent human being to understand what your tenants are going through. Okay. That's the, that's it. If you do that, you'll win. You will win if you do that.
1: Yeah. It just, well, after reading this, it just seemed very, like, subjective. Yeah. Um, in terms of, like, how, how they can evict you. Because it's like, if you read this part right here, like the fourth part, it's like, best efforts to make timely partial payments that are close to the full payments as the individual circumstances may permit. So, it's like, you could say that like oh i don't have the money to pay for this but like you have to like prove that and like if the, it's not sufficient to the landlord they could say no that's not good and it just seemed very subjective and yeah. it seemed like a real like sticky situation for yeah, them. there's
0: a lot of managers that if you came to them with the hardship that you have and say hey you know i can no longer afford to live here can you let me go and find something more affordable they would actually be open to that because then they, they know that they can probably rele- re-lease that property for more money to somebody that can't afford it. Um, because, especially here in the New River Valley, people are still working. People, people a lot of people are still working here. So, um, I, think, I think that um, the communication is the ultimate key. Like, do not dodge, do not dodge your landlord. Do not, because you will get evicted if you do that.
1: Yeah. Um so but this is just for like residential. This isn't for retail. Retail's yeah. a little bit different story. Yeah. So this article that I have pulled up here, it's talking about what a retail landlord is using uh, in the DC area or Washington DC area. Okay. Um so what they what they're doing is they're allowing payments of the minimum base rate at 50% if the city prohibits the tenant from operating their business again due to the the C word, can't say it. You know, might hurt the algorithm. But uh, so 50%, and then the tenant has to repay that difference in six equal monthly installments starting on the first day after reopening.
0: So if they're out of business due to this, they still have to pay 50% of the rent? Yep. That's crazy.
1: Yep. That's crazy. So that's like the retail space. Uh, That's what one person's doing. You know, that was just, like, their, like, really quick solution to when this all started happening. Yeah. So that's what they were doing. But then there's a solution, two proposed by, probably going to butcher their name, Felipe Lanier. He's a principal, um, the principal at East Bank, B-A-N-C. Yeah. Uh, he told the Wall Street Journal that he's open to structured leases on a percentage of the retailer's sales to help tenants if they uh, see their sales decline. Man. That sounds like a better solution if you're open. If you're not open, I don't know how that would
0: work. I honestly feel like this is just another indicator on why owning your space is so important. Owning your space. If you are are in direct line to the bank and the bank knows you're going through hardship, they're more likely to forgive you than the landlord. The landlord being able to charge you 50% when you can get forbearance from the bank I mean, when you get forbearance from the bank, you owe no money for those, those, those hardship months. So that's, that is a huge impact. That just goes to show you how important actually owning your space is. Yeah. So some, unbelievable. Some
1: landlords are being careful not to specify pandemic in their, uh, their leases because whenever someone goes to the bank for like a, like a loan for it, uh, it says that having such language could hurt the owner's ability to get financing for that property. So it's all very, they're being very, like, careful with their wording of this. Definitely. But, so that's what the retail space is doing.
0: I wonder, uh, you know, I'm mainly a residential real estate agent, and I'm wondering, I mean, I do some commercial and I do some multifamily and things. I'm really wondering what the commercial space, I'm really wondering what the commercial sales space is looking like right now. Like, you know, we talked about uh, Alligator Alley the other Mm -hmm. day, uh, the last show, and how we'd like to get that but it's out there at a cut rate in my opinion and nobody's buying because of i mean who's gonna take on a retail space in the middle of this right yeah the only Ex- person that would is a guy like me yeah especially
1: know? when um you're starting to see more people work from home right. it just seems like a retail space is starting to become like less not priority yeah not a big priority yeah so i think what i was actually like discussing this with someone yesterday um I'm thinking that they're going to probably switch the way that they spend their money because, like, instead of paying for, like, rent and stuff, they're probably just going to, like, spend money on their employees to, like, be able to work from home. So, like, renovate yeah. home offices maybe. I don't know. I guess it depends on the company you work for and how much they're spending on a physical building. Right. But, yeah.
0: Cool. All right. All right. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty interesting. I would, I would say let's do some research on how the numbers have been affected on the commercial real estate sales, if we can find any stats on that. I would be interested in knowing those statistics because that actually, you know, that's actually going to help a buyer know the negotiating power that they have, right? The commercial, the commercial buyer, like for me to go and negotiate with Alligator Alley now, I know that I have more power. I've got more of a moment than the seller does. You know, I I do want to kind of riff off this a little bit. You know, we, we hear the terms seller's market and buyer's market, and it's really more like a seller's moment and a buyer's moment. So, you know, there's still homes, there's still properties out there that have been listed for a long time that don't sell. So like these terms that you get familiarized with, they're not 100% accurate. You know, in in any market, uh, the right product will sell in any market. So you just have to know how to capture the moment and not give your moment away to the buyer, you know? So remember that there's no such, there's no real such thing as a seller's market or buyer's market. There's only a seller's moment and a buyer's moment that's uh that's something that you guys needed to hear.
1: Yeah, I just looked up this article really quick to see what it was saying. Uh, the pandemic weakens commercial real estate prices in the second quarter. This article came out on July 30th of this year. Um, but okay. I, I can't get the full I can't get the full article unless I sign up for their whatever sure. thing. So sure. basically this is just uh, from what I can see from this like yeah. subheader it's like trends differ across property okay. types. Okay, I
0: actually am uh, I actually pay them to help me market my commercial listings. Oh, okay. So we probably even have access to that as a as a uh, consumer of the marketing product. We just need to d- dive deeper, a little deeper into that. Yeah. Because um, I would like to know, like, year over year, commercial sales, if they're way down, that'd be very interesting.
1: It looks like they're way down. Because, like, just, like, looking at these articles right here, is like, Chicago commercial property sales plummet, commercial real estate struggling during... That word, pandemic, Yeah, distresses U.S. properties, frozen pandemic. I mean, there's a lot. Yeah. It's, I mean, I'm definitely hurting them. I don't know what the hard numbers are, but it's definitely hurting them.
0: Yeah. Interesting. You want to go to mortgage rates? Sure.
1: All right. So mortgage rates fall again. So now it's the average is about 2.91%. That's I, for a 30-year, though.
0: Yeah. I mean, look. 30-year mortgage, uh, I just had a guy in Blacksburg lock in for 2.5%. I think he had to buy down a point or something like that. Um, but he got a 2.5% interest rate. He's putting 5% down. He's not even putting 20% down. He's putting 5% down and getting a 2.5% interest rate over a 30-year term. I mean, that's literally free money. That, that's, that's money, I mean, in our lifetime, if you – If you can get a loan for that rate now's the time to do it you you want to be in the market with that type of rate because you're you're not likely to have that opportunity again I mean that's a literally a 50 year low rate so you know and if you are a current homeowner and you want to take advantage of that it's definitely time to refinance it's definitely time to make a move one way or the other so uh, two and a half percent. I mean it's just that's just crazy low. You need to be evaluating that opportunity if you're in the market.
1: It's actually pretty crazy that he was able to uh get that low of a percentage because he's like competing with like the average of like a fifteen year fixed rate of uh or yeah. fixed mortgage. Yeah. So So that's...
0: I mean if he could get that on a thirty, I wonder what he could get on a fifteen. Like he should be able to get substantially lower on the fifteen yeah. than the thirty. But they just might be they just might be so desperate to keep the economy flowing that they're doing they're doing an incentive to take the longer loan you know maybe I don't I don't really know that but it just seems like that's crazy
1: so what do you know what a five-year hybrid ARM is I didn't know what that
0: was a five-year a five-year adjustable rate is something that typically will give you a better term in those five years but right now it's not Five, you know, these five-year adjustable rates is why we got into the 08 crisis, is everybody took these five-year arms, and when they adjusted, they adjusted to a rate that nobody could afford. And then, you know, they weren't being verified on employment, so they were just handing these things out like Skittles, you know, anybody could get it. So the five-year adjustable rate mortgage is still a viable loan for some people. But not right now. You get better on the fixed rate mortgages than you do with the uh, adjustables. So, you know, is is if that if the five year adjustable rate is your only in, way to enter a mortgage, then you might consider it. But if you can, can if you can do the fifteen or thirty year, uh, and you're getting the same rate pretty much, there's no reason to do the five year uh, adjustable. And we're gonna at some point we'll have Dave Sealer come in. He's our preferred lender partner, and uh, he can talk more about you know, what the five-year adjustable rates are versus the fixed rates and what the advantages are, um, he'll, he'll be our, our ultimate source for that. So, you know, in a later show, you'll meet Dave.
1: Cool. Um, so now we're starting to see mortgage applications fall. Uh, so mortgage applications fell 2% uh, last week, and then the refinance index also fell 3%, but it's still 40% higher than the same weeks like one year ago. So it's still very high, but it is dropping do you think that's because there's like a huge demand for houses but there's not a lot on the market right now I honestly
0: think that people getting their kids back to school have always had a drop in real estate activity Hmm. so as the country sends their kids back to whatever school they're going to even if it's school from home like everybody's kind of not focused in on their real estate needs they're settling in for a time to get you know to get acclimated to the environment that they're going to send their kids to school in, so maybe that's it. Okay. Uh, but you know we do, uh, you know we do have a uh, inventory shortage. I mean we do. I mean there's uh, there's just nothing available. I mean I've got a pipeline full of buyers that have no opportunities to get in. So it could be it could be a combination of both. You know because not everybody has kids, right? So True. um So it could be a lack of inventory. But I think I think this is just the time of year that people slow down on that focus and go and focus on a couple of different things. I gotcha. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The article that I found uh, this information from said that uh, lenders are reporting that a strong demand for home buying is coming from a delayed activity from the spring. So do you think that it's like spring started, pandemic happened, so people weren't buying homes, and then they all came in at like the summertime, and now we're starting to see a decline because less homes, people going back to school? Well, we've had a year
0: full of no inventory. I mean, mm-hmm. the inventory shortage has been through throughout the year, and, and it, it kind of got uh, enhanced during the pandemic. Like, like everything kind of came to a screeching halt mm-hmm. because they were trying to figure out, they were really trying to figure out how to navigate through the pandemic. So mm-hmm. as soon as we figured out how to navigate through, everything ramped back up. I mean, everything really kind of took off again.
1: So, like, coming out of, like, December of 2019, there just weren't that many homes on the market?
0: Exactly. Okay. Yeah, exactly.
1: I gotcha. So, but, like, so now we're seeing that homeowners are willing to blow, like, a majority of their budget on a home and go over their budget just yeah. to secure these, like, low interest rates.
0: Well, right? I think that's just a, a matter of fact through the annals of history. Like, mm-hmm. people have a – people want to – I mean if you look at people purchasing and their consumer behavior they've been willing to go over their hopeful budget for the right product almost forever i mean that's just a you know if they find what they're actually looking for and they think that it's got the value they're gonna pay it
1: yeah so there's gonna be a point though where it's like you spend so much on a house at that point it wouldn't even be worth getting a a lower interest rate because then you'd be either paying the same amount mm-hmm. for a cheaper home with a higher interest mm-hmm. rate right so I feel like
0: well are, like I said are people
1: even like taking pe- that into people, consideration People are gonna
0: justify the little bit more house because of the interest rate mm-hmm. simply because they get more
1: yeah you
0: know, I think I think that um, when it comes down to value versus like actually what they need they can probably and and it's so competitive too so they get they get put into this sense of urgency that if they find something even if it's a little bit above budget they'll mm-hmm. justify it by the good interest rate and they actually have enough house oh okay so yeah i mean there's a lot um there's a lot of psychology that goes along on wh- like why people purchase the things that they purchase mm-hmm. even though when they uh, originally set out to only pay this mm-hmm. like the the lack of opportunity that would be one and then the fact is that they get they get an opportunity to get in with a lower interest rate. That's another justification to go a little bit above. Mm. So there's just like consumers typically like 90, I don't know the percentages, but if I just map my own consumer behavior, I know that if there's a, like when I bought my Range Rover, right? Mm. When I bought my Range Rover, I didn't want to spend 40 grand on a three-year-old car. You know, I didn't want to, but when I seen it, and I knew that that was the brand I wanted. It had some features that I didn't even anticipate. It was the it was the model above what I could get, and I could walk out of there with no money out of my pocket to get it, and the payment wasn't that out of control. Sign me up. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Sixty four. Sixty four percent. By the way, of how many people are willing to go over their budget to get to secure a lower interest rate? Yeah. Or at least that's what the article said. Right. I don't know. It just seems to me like. I don't know I'm very I like to budget my money and I'm like always looking at it like every week so I just feel like going over um, just like going over budget doesn't make sense to me I would just rather stay within my budget and just try to find a home to secure a lower interest rate I think that's very
0: practical and reasonable yeah and a lot of people get into these situations they get into these situations where they get emotional Mm. and they forget their logic yeah, okay. And and you know the product that they're looking for plus the salesperson creating the urgency that they need to close the deal. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of tactics going against logic. So you just got to really know. Like you as a consumer, you got to if you're going to if you're going to walk purely on budget and logic alone, then mm-hmm. you got to be willing to let that product that you want that you would be that you be ha- highly happy with, you've got to be willing to not get it.
1: Yeah.
0: You got to be willing to pass it. Yeah.
1: so so i don't know it's just a discipline thing for me because like definitely right, like right, and if
0: you can create that in your life you'll be majorly successful because
1: yeah. like right now uh, looking at like a like another car sports car right and you know i was talking to someone over the weekend about it but it was like they didn't do the price that i wanted they couldn't answer a lot of my questions so just because of that i was like yeah i'm probably not going to get it yeah. you know just because like if you they can just be, you can be
0: happy walking away from the opportunity, mm-hmm. man, more power to you. A yeah. lot of people can't do that. Yeah.
1: But see, like that car for me, that would be a lifelong car. I'd keep that car forever, but they weren't willing to work with me, so
0: Yeah. whatever. So there'll be another one one day.
1: That yeah, one yeah. am And like when I'm I'll probably be even better equipped to buy that car, bigger down payment, all sure. this other stuff, so
0: yeah. Your investment portfolio would be a lot bigger at that point. Yeah.
1: yeah. That's another yeah, that's another reason why <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't buy it cuz you know, I knew Tuesday was coming, so <laughs> you know. Uh, right. But we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Sure. So, all right, moving on to the business world, whatever, whatever else has happened in the business world. So this happened a, a little while ago, but I still think it's worth talking about because Best Buy had a super, super impressive earnings in quarter two. They earned $9.9 billion in revenue. That's a that's a really that's a really big number. No,
0: those stats are reported pre I mean that's pre pandemic revenue, right? No, quarter two earnings. When do they report quarter two and quarter so three So
1: quarter quarter two earnings are reported at like around the beginning of I guess of quarter three. So quarter two, that's like April, May, June, yeah. or somewhere around there. Yeah. Maybe like the end of March, you know, because, like yeah, the quarters April, are May like May and June. Yeah. Yeah. The, and June. Yeah, and the quarters are like kinda different depending on the business it's like a few weeks before a few weeks after you know it all depends on when they do their reporting right um so this was technically during pandemic right so this so the way that they earned 9.9 billion in revenue was first the e-commerce boom everyone's buying stuff online now people aren't wanting to go in stores stores are closing so if you had a strong e-commerce section of your like business that just like exploded you know i'm surprised
0: i'm kind of surprised that they were able to compete in that space with e-commerce as a as a number one source of sales with the likes of amazon that's really interesting
1: yeah well i think probably what it came i think amazon probably most definitely beat them out in quarter two i think what it came down to was you go to Amazon, buy your tech. If Amazon is out of it, people would probably go to Best Buy, or they started at Best Buy because maybe Best Buy had better deals. Yeah, you because know, Best Buy is running sales like all the time. Well, the thing about it so. is
0: that you know how I navigate between Amazon and Best Buy mm. is I go to Amazon to look at price. I take that price to Best Buy. They price match Amazon's price, and I can actually get it that day. You know, so it's very interesting to me that with that model that they could they could rival and -hmm. that's that's awesome i mean if best buys developed a good enough brand to compete in a subsection of what amazon offers that's awesome yeah i mean that's amazing their
1: e-commerce section too is pretty strong uh it's just like i think with uh this whole pandemic i think we've seen like how strong it really is compared to everyone else yeah um actually a cool way to uh save time whenever you're comparing prices between amazon and best buy I have a little Chrome extension called Amazon Assistant and whenever I go and look up something on like a website to see what the price is, Amazon Assistant will go and look that up for me and it'll tell me the price like in the little corner of my mm. screen. So wow. I always thought that was pretty that cool. That is pretty cool. Um but yeah. So second thing, people are working from home, obviously, so they're upgrading their home offices. So they're just, you know, buying a bunch of tech so that way they can work at home because yep. I'm sure when they're at work they have you know, two monitors, keyboards, all this stuff. But when they get home, it's just like their laptop or something, you know. So they're probably working on their home offices. And then back to school uh, is a lot different than it was last year. You know, there's a lot of kids, especially in college, working from home or schooling from home. So the parents are buying their kids all kinds of gadgets that they can use to work from home, tablets, Chromebooks, et cetera, whatever you would need. You know, I guess it depends on if you're, you know, let's say you're like an architect, your parents are probably buying you the, the, uh, the digital pin pad so that way you can draw on your computer and stuff yeah. like that, which would, you know, normally be provided by a, by a college. Right. So parents are buying their kids all kinds of tech, and then consumers are spending increased in July due to stimulus checks and increased unemployment benefits. You know, this yeah. is for like, I don't know what the majority of Americans are because there's been people that are like, oh, I didn't get my stimulus check, and there are other people that are saying yes. So the number, for me, seems kind of skewed in terms of how many people did it. But they're more willing to spend money because now they have this extra, you know, stim- that's what they were for, it's the extra stimulus to be put back into the, uh, the, into the world. Right. But it's, it just dropped quickly after that, however, from what Best Buy was saying. Hmm. So, but yeah, that's Best Buy that's earning $9.9 billion in revenue. So, which is like super impressive. I don't know what they earned in quarter one. I'd be curious to see what they earned in quarter one. But. Yeah, I
0: wonder what nine point nine billion in revenue equals in profit. You know, because they got they got a lot of cost per sale. You yeah. Because their their overhead that they they handle. Yeah. To to do that, I mean, there's a large there's a large product cost. You know, in yeah that type thing
1: there's probably like a huge factor there too because they closed a lot of their stores and then they moved mostly to e-commerce so it's like who's fulfilling the orders probably like ups and you know if you're a big company you usually have a deal with ups yeah so but like if you're doing more inventory i don't know there's a whole bunch of factors into that that we would have to consider and probably reevaluate because it's probably extremely different than quarter one right um but yeah so that was pretty impressive uh, so Tesla and Apple did a stock split. They did a stock split like two weeks ago. Yeah. So Tesla did a five-for-one stock split. So for every stock that you had, you got five in return. And that stock went from 2200 per share to about 440 when it did the split initially. Uh, and then Apple did a four-for-one stock split. So for every one stock you had, you got four. And it dropped it to about $127 per share. Uh, so why does this matter? It encourages investors to uh, buy more in their stocks, whether they want to buy a huge share and rid the stock for, or ride the stock for a long term, or they just want to you know, buy and ride the bullish uptrend. So it's just to encourage more buying, yeah. because their stocks are getting to a point where people weren't really comfortable with buying it, so they did a split to encourage more investors.
0: So they, they needed a cash infusion, or they wanted a cash infusion, I don't know if they needed it, um, but this would definitely bring more people's money into their company. Yeah. For sure. Now it's a it's a more diluted share, right? It's not mm-hmm. as strong of a share as it
1: not as it anymore, but we'll probably for Tesla, we'll probably see it change whenever the Roadster comes out and the Cybertruck. So when those two cars drop, you know, it's obviously going to go back up. And then for Apple, you know, their stock is low right now, but it's September, so iPhones usually get announced around September and like the Apple Watches and stuff. Apple hasn't said anything. to so my knowledge, I've been looking everywhere. I can't find an answer on it. Yeah, But, you know, they're yeah, probably... Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm kind of handcuffed here because this, you know, I'm definitely trying to run two iPhones. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I'd hate to make the change to two iPhone 11 Pro Pluses and then the iPhone 12 come out.
1: Dude, yeah, and, I know. That's what happened to me when I got my iPhone 7 Plus because I got it probably a month before the iPhone 8 came out. And I didn't know that it was coming out because I didn't keep too much, or I didn't keep up with uh, Apple too much. Right. So I bought that, and then the eight came out, and it was so much better. But uh, yeah, those shares are definitely going to go back up, and right now they're actually going down. And the reason they're going down is because um, you get these people that are like day trading, and they'll come they'll come in and buy the stocks, and then they'll sell them really quick. So when you get all these day traders that come in, the stock goes up because it's like oh there are a lot of people buying it. So the people that aren't day trading or like oh it's not going up let me go ahead and get in on this and then the next day or the next couple of days day traders will sell it and then it'll just it'll tank yeah so that's what we're seeing a lot of right now but like i knew that was going to happen so i what waited a, a day week
0: trading heaven this market is yeah. I mean, if you can if you got some formula right now that you can execute uh there's all kinds of people there's all kinds of people like touting like you know day trading like major success Um, I guess this would be a good way to segue into TikTok. Like there's a there's a uh, an investing TikTok, like where you just see like all these people saying, you know, buy into this penny stock and then Mm. they they gave you this advice and now now the things like triple the value. Yeah, that type thing. Like that's that's super interesting. Like if if I had the time to like educate myself, I'd certainly want to try to get in and out the way that these guys are 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 manipulating the markets to to make a profit every day Mm -hmm. i mean it's crazy
1: yeah like i think what i would want to do is i'd want to find like one of these investors and then go and like buy their course just so that way i can get into like whatever chat they're using because i've seen a lot of these like day traders they're using discord as like a chat room yeah and they'll put like bots into those discords that track markets and they'll you know, I guess they have like their formula that, so they can tell you when to buy and sell stuff. Right. So then you just create this team of people who are like, buying and selling all the same stock and then you know, if you get if you get Pump too many dump. people in there, yeah. <laughs> it'll just totally skew the market. Yeah. You know, if you get too many people like that. It's crazy. Definitely. But um
0: So what do you think about TikTok? what's your personal opinion on TikTok? So
1: TikTok for me. You know, I I wasn't really into the app at first because I saw, like, the ads for it, and I was like, yeah, it's kind of a weird app. It was just, like, kids dancing and stuff. Yeah. I was like, eh. But then, now that I've seen it turn more into, like, a more of, like, a Vine or what Vine used to be, I've gotten a little bit into it. I wouldn't say it's, like, my most active app that I'm using, but, you know, I think it's a great app for, for what it is. For
0: me, For me, that's where all my social media attention is right now. I mean, I'll go through my notifications on Facebook. I'll reply to Facebook. I go to Instagram. I'll see what's going on there for a second. And then I'm spending major time just looking at TikTok and, like, how these people are creating their content. Like, there is some major talent, major talent on TikTok. Yeah. And, you know, with the Creator Fund and everything that's going on to – to help people go to that platform and actually earn a living, mm. I mean, it seems to be a legit threat in the social media game.
1: Oh yeah, I mean for sure. That's I mean if it wasn't Instagram wouldn't have made Instagram Reels. Yeah, which is a flop by the way. Definitely, but, definitely. Right yeah. now it is anyway.
0: Yeah, for sure. Until until it you know TikTok doesn't meet their their timeframes and they get banned. Like Instagram's ready to take over if TikTok gets banned but man that would be such a travesty for so many people that have used that platform to change their life.
1: Yeah. And
0: I think I think that's a major opportunity. I think I think to build that app the way that it was built as thoughtful it was, as as it was the thoughtfulness behind that app with the editing and like the way that you navigate through it, if you can really master that, you can literally change your life through that app. I mean mm. it's it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, there's some very substandard, like, like I feel like I would be a talent if I could just get to the point of posting, figuring the things out. Like, I feel like I could have a presence there. The people that have already done the hard work, man, kudos to you guys. Like, amazing job what you guys have done, coming from nobody to somebody. I mean, it's very encouraging to see that. So, I mean, it. I, I've been very entertained by a lot that I've seen on there.
1: Yeah. For sure. Um, So, like, the people that are trying to buy TikTok right now, so we'll see if... I think what's going to happen is TikTok's going to disappear for a minute, you know, maybe, like, a few months, and then it'll come back as something either the same as TikTok or it'll come back as something a little bit different. Yeah. So the people that are trying to buy it right now is uh, Oracle. They're the ones that make, like, the Java programs and stuff. Um, And then Microsoft or Twitter. So Microsoft right now is the biggest contender for... Uh, buying TikTok because they just have the most capital that they can put into an app like this for what it's worth. Yeah. But um, at the same time, TikTok is worth a lot, so they need a little bit of help. So apparently, they're partnering up with Walmart to buy this app. So
0: that's well, weird. It is weird. <laughs> I w-
1: I couldn't really understand why. I read into it. It was just it was really weird. So Walmart has a service called Walmart Plus that they could add. It's like um, it's like Amazon Prime for Walmart basically, and uh, basically what this is gonna do is it's gonna increase more traffic to Walmart like for their e-commerce sales, so that way they can compete with Amazon. That's like the idea behind it. I don't know how well that'll work because yeah. it's something totally different that I for can't Walmart even to enter, for happening. Walmart to enter
0: that space it seems strange.
1: Seems weird, but yeah. like at the same time, I commend them for it because they see a huge opportunity. And they're trying to take advantage of it. Yeah. I don't even know this. I don't even know if Amazon does it. I guess the only thing that Amazon really does that's like that is they bought uh, Twitch, uh, like a while back. I don't remember what year it was. And like, if you're an Amazon Prime member, you get like certain benefits with that, like free subscriptions to your favorite streamer. Hmm. Or you get like free items in your games and stuff like that. Interesting. So that's the only thing I could think of that kind of competes with it. But TikTok is so I would say is so much bigger than Twitch right now, just because of. No, uh, definitely. how lucrative it is
0: i mean i i see twitch streamers taking some of their content on tiktok and trying to drive you from tiktok to twitch yeah i mean yeah i mean that that can be a source of driving people to the channels you need them to go to as well i mean so much attention is being put on it it's just a must do if you're a content creator it's like a must do yeah. It has to be.
1: That would be really – so maybe what it will do is it will give content creators the ability to do, like, affiliate programs through Walmart. Maybe. 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 That would be cool. You could see, I could see that happening. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, will, will that happen? I have no idea. I have no idea what they entail if they do get TikTok, but I'm very curious to see what happens because yeah. it's something very strange to me. Um, but then Oracle, the people that make Java programs, uh, is – like, I would say the second biggest contender, you know, if Walmart's stepping up with Microsoft, they might not be as big a contender as I thought they would be. Right. But they are slightly favored by the president who's banning TikTok because apparently he has some friends that are on their board. So he's kind of favoring Oracle. I don't know if that has any say into who buys if it TikTok. Gets any weight, right? I don't think he I don't think he has that authority to tell yeah. people what they can buy. Um, but, you know, that's just like a – so if they do get it, I'd be very suspicious about that that they beat out Microsoft and Walmart. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, Twitter down there, they're the underdog. <laughs> they're trying they trying Dude, to pick up TikTok. That would
0: that would that would keep Twitter a viable, profitable business. I mean Twitter is I, I don't know that Twitter's profitable right now. I don't I think I think everybody goes to Twitter as a like a complaining tool. Like if you got a gripe if you got a gripe, you're the only time I'll go to Twitter is is if I don't buy the UFC pay-per-view and I'm Hmm. watching, I'm watching people comment on the action on the UFC fight, you know, some sporting event, but otherwise I just go to, I just go to Twitter as like somewhere that I can complain to a company that, that they didn't do a good job with service or something like that.
1: It looks like they're doing pretty good for 2020. I guess oh, yeah. a lot of people are on Twitter right now because they got nothing else well, to do. Well, the
0: political thing keeps, yeah. you know, Donald, actually, I think Donald Trump probably keeps Twitter a viable source of attention because he's mad on Twitter, Yeah. you know?
1: I wonder if he's, like, the top-followed person on Twitter. He's got, like, 85 million followers 85 on million, yeah. Yeah, so I wonder if he's the top, top person. Because I, I was, like, looking at some other people that are pretty prominent on Twitter, like Elon Musk. He's got, like, 36 million or something yeah. like that. So. I wonder
0: where, like, uh, you know, the top people on, like, Instagram, like Selena Gomez. Selena mm-hmm. Gomez is, like, the top person on Instagram. I wonder what her Twitter looks like if she competes on. You would think that if somebody has a, a big amount of uh, followers on one platform that they would rival the same amount of followers on the other platform.
1: It depends on where they're draw- or where they're putting most of their attention. Does she not have one? Where is it? Maybe not. Maybe she doesn't have one. That's weird. Yeah. Because um, usually like whenever you type in someone and then their Twitter it usually shows up. It looks like it's a bunch of fan accounts. Right. Maybe this one. This is probably yeah, this is it. This is their verified account. So sixty two. Yeah, huh. that's actually a lot more than I was thinking.
0: Yeah. She's got like a hundred mil on Instagram. Wow. Yeah. She's the top Instagram getter.
1: Then you have the um that one soccer player.
0: Christi- Cristiano R- Ronaldo. Ronaldo. Yeah, Ronaldo, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, so TikTok right now is getting harder to buy because of uh, the, the Chinese government. So for the first time in 12 years, China updated their list of technologies that are banned or restricted from being exported abroad. Um, I didn't dive too much into what they said, but um, from what I was reading, it includes a lot that sounds a whole lot like TikTok's powerful recommendation algorithm. So they're making it a little bit harder for them to export uh, TikTok. Uh, what does this mean? It could be an effort to outright block the sale or just to raise the price of yeah. TikTok. It could go either way. Right. I don't know what they're trying to do there, but it seems like they really don't want it to leave, which makes me curious as to why. Yeah, that's a business decision. But yeah. I don't know. It's very suspicious. Very interesting. But yeah, so that's, uh, that's what's going on with TikTok. It's getting harder to buy. Walmart's partnering up with Microsoft and then you got Oracle and Twitter just in the background ready to do something, I guess. Mm. But yeah so I hope if Twitter if Twitter buys it, I hope they don't turn it into a vine 2.0 and then kill it in like two years.
0: You know, Twitter's been known to buy products and then, then, then just run them in the ground like yeah. Periscope, you know <laughs> yeah. Periscope they, they could have done something really nice with Periscope. But they just they just ran that sucker right in the ground. Maybe maybe Facebook competing with that, going you know taking their platform live, really hurt Periscope. Mm-hmm. But still, Twitter should have been in front of that because they were the first ones they were the first ones to really have it. Um, besides, you know just Periscope, even before Periscope got really any heat, um, you know when Twitter bought it, it should have been. Uh, something that they really executed on
1: maybe twitter just isn't as great a company as we think i think they just got lucky with twitter being such a unique platform yeah and then because it you know they've killed periscope and they've killed vine well they didn't kill periscope yet but it's not that popular no one uses it yeah so i don't know it's very interesting yeah um all right
0: so we'll just uh just kind of segue into the health and fitness goals that i've got and and you know kind of tell you guys how I've been able to achieve um, you know have you done have you done much uh, weight training or any you know exercising or anything like that
1: uh, I did some in high school uh, I wasn't on the football team because I uh, had a lot going on outside of it because I was a, uh, I was in scouts yeah but um I would train with like some of my friends that were like football players and stuff and then when I moved here kind of like dropped off a little bit and then in college doing it a little bit. Yeah. And I wanted to start on it this year but then like the pandemic hit sure. and then it, it's nerve-wracking the it's and-
0: nerve-wracking going to the gym. Yeah. I will definitely I'm not going to lie, every time I go to the gym I'm pissed off. Oh yeah? Yeah. I mean, uh you know, the restrictions and things like that. I mean, it's just hard. It's harder and, and it's it's nerve-wracking uh being policed. You know, like mm. come around. Like they, they allow you to take your mask off during the workout, but then you got to put the mask back on if you're in between sets. So it's like really weird. Huh. That's really weird. Um,
1: so do you just like drop, you just take just your mask drop and it, drop it down yeah, and keep it on? What I'll do is
0: I, I, I put the mask down and I'm like sipping water in between sets. Yeah. So I'm not getting like run down every time.
1: That's pretty, well, what, what gym do you go to?
0: I go to the Weight Club.
1: The Weight Club? Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. I have a I have a membership at Planet Fitness. I still have it. I'm that's still the, paying for honestly, it. Honestly,
0: that's a that's a great gym to go to. Yeah. Honestly. I really like it. Yeah. They don't they, they're not gonna harass you over there. Yeah.
1: I got uh, I got the black membership there because I travel a lot. Yeah. So between like North Carolina and stuff. Definitely. So
0: definitely. All right. So number one is I would suggest everybody get the My Fitness Pal app from Under Armour. That's something that you could put on your phone. You can track your, your nutrients through the day, the meals that you're eating. And, you know, in, in, the premium, in the premium membership, you can, um, you know, you can, uh, in the premium membership, you can actually set more customizable goals. And um, it's been really good for me to be able to, to track the meals I'm eating throughout the day and week. Um, some of the foods I'm actually eating, um, I'm really enjoying, I'm, I'm, I'm being able to take out like... High calorie type foods and replace them with things that I still enjoy. I've got a couple of them today actually. This has been a game changer. The Sunkiss, the Diet Sunkiss, has been the absolute savior because I I definitely like soda. I like you know caffeine, that type thing. This has been you know this goes from fifty grams of sugar on the regular to zero. Uh, it, it goes from um, like two hundred calories to zero. So, this has been a really big impact in my diet. Um, this, this drink, the Core Power Elite Chocolate 42-gram Protein Drink, um, supplementing uh, a bunch of high-protein stuff into what used to be a high-sugar, high-carb diet. Now it's more no-sugar, high-protein. Um, that's been a, you know, a game-changer as well. And then for a snack, this right here, the Smart Pop. Smart pop popcorn to replace chips, and then you put this little sour cream uh, salt topping on it. Man, that's 100 calories a bag. That has no calories. So, so these three things are something you know, you know, for breakfast, you know, like pre-workout type thing. You know, at nighttime when I need my soda fix, and then that nighttime snack. I mean, these things are really uh, a replacement for you know your chips, your sugar soda, and you know, you need something high protein to start your day, this is an excellent source of it that you don't have to you don't have to do any cooking. You don't have to do any cooking uh, to get forty two grams of protein. Forty-two grams of protein in one meal, that's hard to do. I mean a chicken breast is thirty eight grams of protein and you gotta actually make that. So you're getting more protein in this drink than you would be in, in a dried chicken breast. So, and then lastly for this show, I mean, I'm going to continue to do this maybe once a month just to kind of show you guys, but this Kirkland Signature Protein Bar is a great thing too. I mean, if you just need, you know, this has uh, 21 grams of protein in it. So, so pretty much I changed my diet. It was, it was a high fat, high sugar diet that probably had more than 3000 calories in a day. Now I'm eating high-protein, low-calorie, dense food, um, and I'm, I'm maybe making it to 2,000 calories a day, but I'm full. I'm actually full. And the, um, so, so what I was actually able to do is find a couple guys on YouTube, um, and you guys should look them up too. Uh, one guy's name's Greg Doucette. He's an IFBB pro, which is like the highest level of bodybuilder you can be. Uh, I don't actually know. I think it's International Fitness of Bodybuilding or something like that. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what the uh, initials stand for, but he has competed 59 times in bodybuilding shows, most of them natural. And um, you know, when you get to the Olympia stage, you're not a natural athlete anymore. So he's he's upfront about you know the the supplements he takes to get himself there, but still. The diet that he puts you on is very healthy. If you're looking to lose weight, this is some of the items that I've used over three months' time. You know, with weight training, you know, I'm going to the gym and doing things to move my body. So I'm not just eating this and doing nothing, but this is definitely helping me achieve my goals. And if you want to talk more about this, we'd love questions about it. Um, twenty five pounds in three months i'm I am proud of myself for doing that and I feel like I feel like I can help people do the same things and help you guys make better choices in your in your goal to lose weight so
1: so what do you think about the, like the diet sodas because I've heard that those are like supposed they're like worse for you or something no. like that if so
0: so if you're if you're listening to these guys I just mentioned they will tell you that aspartame mm. is no worse on your body than real sugar or high fructose corn syrup. Okay? So so these are not gonna cause any cancers or do like the research shows that these sugar supplements are not gonna do any more damage or harm to your body than what's in the sugar type drinks. The high fructose corn syrups, the the you know, the sugars. The ones that have huge calories. So these are actually a healthier supplement to that. It's not going to cause any long-term damage, hmm. you know, from from the aspartame or any of the artificial sugar, uh, sugars that are are injected in that. Gotcha. No, yeah. Cool. Um, so, so what else? Uh, I mean, I would love to answer some of your questions. If you had questions about this stuff, um, you know, or these guys, I know we didn't. Pr- I didn't prep you guys for for the people that I'm talking about, but those people have been so influential, along with my trainer, Brandon Crawford, uh, here in the, in the local community uh, that actually puts me through my workouts. Uh, but these two guys that I found, Remington James and Greg Doucette, these guys have transformed my, my diet. I mean, I'm, I found a pizza that I can make that's 400 calories, you know, I'll, I'll show you guys that at some point, uh, you know the actual the actual real foods that I'm eating, not the not the protein or the the shake or the popcorn. You know these are just a few of the items that I'm eating. But the actual meals I'm eating, man, the meals I'm eating are fantastic. Like I enjoy actually eating, and I'm losing weight at the same time. Cool. So yeah.
1: Yeah. Are those like core powered things? Are those like really thick, like really milky, or no? no. I mean no. Well, they're easy okay. to
0: drink. They're not they're like you know the protein shakes that you make with the shaker bottles yeah, that are like, that are just nasty like to get down. Yeah. Like these are enjoyable. Okay. And yeah. it's 42 grams of protein.
1: Yeah. Cuz I like tried um, was it like muscle milk or something like that? Yeah. That was just like really oh, thick m- yeah, and I had muscle a hard milk, time yeah. drinking this, that.
0: This this is the only one I recommend. And okay. the only the the chalk like the vanilla or strawberry, they're garbage too in my opinion. <laughs> like okay. this this one is the only one I enjoy. It's actually good, and, like, I enjoy drinking it. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. All um, right. Well, yeah. we'll get into uh, next week. I mean, next week is going to be phenomenal. We're going to have Derek Nowlin in here. Um, he is a great friend of mine. He's a client of mine. He's got some perspective that I want. I want you guys to know as well. Like, the perspective of, you know, the, the local black community here and what they're thinking and feeling. And we're going to have some great discussions with him. And um, I'm really looking forward to that episode. So I appreciate you guys uh, come back next week. It's going to probably be our, I mean, it's probably going to be out of the shows that we've run. I'm, I'm looking really forward to that one. Um, so um, join us next week, two o'clock. Um, if you enjoyed our content you know, like, subscribe, share this stuff. Uh, we we really need that uh, support. Um, you know, um, and until next week, I guess uh, you know we'll uh, we'll see you, we'll see you then.